The following sermon was delivered to Christ Central Church in order to further our knowledge and adoration of who God is. We pray that it displays the hope found in Christ and strengthens your faith in Him. If you have a copy of God's Word, would you join me? Hebrews chapter 12. We'll begin reading where we were last week, verse 18. We have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. These are the verses we covered together last week, and I do believe that they are the culmination of the entire letter to the Hebrews. This this contrast between two mountains... Mount Sinai, where God delivered His law to His people. A mountain of trembling and fear and great dread of judgment. It's one mountain. And then Mount Zion. A mount of grace. Amount of welcoming where no longer are we separated from God, not able even to touch the mountain, but now we can come and eat and drink and dwell with Him for all of eternity. And the writer of Hebrews is, is telling us, dear brother, dear sister, we, we have not come to Sinai. That's not where we have come. We have come to Zion, we have come to the city of God and we have come into His kingdom of grace. This is the good news of the gospel. This is the good news of the entire book of Hebrews that God has made a way and that that way is not bound up in Judaism. It's not bound up in the law or law keeping. It's not bound up in your works. It's not bound up in your righteousness. In all of those things, you fall short. In all of those things, I fall short. In all of those things is great fear and great dread. That's not the mountain we've come to. No, we've come to the mountain of God's grace. We've come to Zion, and there is King Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, a covenant of grace. And he says, come all who are weary, and you will find rest. Come all who are thirsty, and drink freely from living waters. That is the good news of the gospel, and that is the the culmination of the entire letter. And so, 
once we come face to face with those great truths and that great reality, the question then should be, what should our response be? How should we respond to this good news? And that really is the the remainder of the letter. Um, Believe it or not, there's not a a whole lot left for us to cover. Um, Just this section and one more chapter. So 2025 will be done. Um, Just kidding. Well, maybe by the end of the year. Um, But what should our response be? That's the remainder of these verses in chapter 12 that we will look at together. And you're a note taker. Here's here's our guide that, that we'll follow as we work through these verses together. What should our response be? The first is uh, a refusal. Second is a removal. The third is a renewal. The fourth is a recognition. And the fifth is a reverence. A refusal, a removal, a renewal, a recognition, and a reverence. Verse 25c, that you do not refuse Him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused Him who warned them on earth... Much less will we escape if we reject Him who warns from heaven. At that time, His voice shook the earth. But now He has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made. In order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. This response to this great contrast of mountains, this response to the good news of the gospel is a a warning that has been common throughout this entire letter. This is the sixth time, I believe. I think it's probably been something God wants us to get. This warning in verse 25, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. See that you do not refuse Him who is speaking. That, that's, the, that's the command. And then the, the, the reason, the illustrative reason why this is so important. For if they did not escape when they refused Him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject Him who warns from heaven. Given the glorious truths of the gospel... That we have not come to to Sinai. It would be the greatest imaginable foolishness to hear this good news and turn away from it. That's what the 
writer of, of Hebrews is saying here. This is the best possible news in the world. This is the news that all creation has waited for, that all have longed for, that we did not come to that mountain, but we've come to the mountain of grace. We are not a part of that kingdom. We're a part of His kingdom. Therefore, if you hear this and you refuse this, it is the greatest height of foolishness that could ever be committed. So... See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. See to it. This is a, a common phrase, one of, one of the writer of Hebrews' phrases, and it, it's one that we covered just a couple of weeks ago. It, it has as its root the word for pastor, to, to watch over, to take care, to shepherd he is saying is, you need to watch over your own heart. You need to shepherd it. You need to look after it. You need to see to it. You need to guard it. You need to make sure that you do not refuse the Word of God. That is the command. You see, church, here's the truth. The Word of God is either received or it is refused. There is no middle ground when it comes to God's Word. Now, the, the world wants to find some sort of middle ground. It says, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't refuse it. I see it has a place and it has some, some good things and it's helpful in a lot of ways. I don't, I don't refuse it, but I also don't necessarily receive it as uh, uh, authoritative. That's foolishness. The Word of God is either received or refused. We either receive it in faith and obedience, or we refuse it in pride and disobedience. If you come to this place week after week, and you hear the Word of God, and you hear it read, and you hear it sung, and you hear it preached, and you hear it prayed, and it, it never affects your inward being. It never affects your heart. It never changes your attitudes and your affections and your behaviors. It is never... United, the hearing is never united with faith, then you are not receiving it. You are refusing it. There is no middle ground. His encouragement, the writer's encouragement, is to not refuse it. Or to put it this way, we must refuse to refuse it. I refuse to come face to face with the Word of God and refuse it. See to it that you do not refuse Him who is speaking. Why? Why is this such a stark command? Well, the reason is because we have an example of what it looks like when we refuse the Word of God. 
when we don't receive the Word of God in faith and obedience. See to it, verse 25, see to it that you do not refuse Him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused Him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject Him who warns from heaven. He's talking about the Israelites who heard the voice of God, the words of God from the mountain, Mount Sinai. And what happened in their hearts, they refused it. They didn't receive it with faith. They refused the word of God. And they did not escape judgment. So how much less will we escape God's judgment if we reject Him? He's making an argument from the lesser to the greater. If, if what they heard came from the earth, Mount Sinai, and they refused it, what we hear is even greater than that because it comes from, from heaven. So our, it's, it's, it's an even, even greater word. I, I thought about that. I thought, that's just... Interesting um, that he's making that argument from lesser to greater. And, and my mind went back where we began long ago at many times and in many ways. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, the better word. The better word. We've received the, the better word, Jesus. We've received him. We've received his his word, if, if they rejected God's word from the mountain, how much greater will our judgment be if we re- reject him who speaks from heaven? It's this argument from lesser to greater. It's this also, interestingly, and just really as a side note, just a sort of an implication in the text, it, it has a lot to say about the word of God and its authorship. That it is God who speaks through His Word. It's God who speaks through His Word. That these are the words of God given to man. And He gave them through prophets, and He gave them through priests, He gave them through apostles. But all of them, every bit, every single one, finds its fulfillment in the better word, Jesus Christ. It is His words And so when we come face to face with the the good news of the gospel, with the word of God, we must refuse to refuse it. We must instead receive it with faith and obedience because church, there is great danger if we don't. The penalty for refusing the gospel witness from heaven as it is preached and read from the Bible, is a considerably greater condemnation than that of Israel in the wilderness. Because to refuse the gospel is an eternal condemnation. This this is the next two verses. They flow together. Because this refusal... Results in a, in a removal, verse 26. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised yet once more, and I will shake not only 
the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made. Here's the implication for our hearts. We must receive the good news of the gospel right now because there is a time coming when that which is worldly will be removed. Today is the day of salvation because God has promised yet again He will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Verse 26, At that time His voice shook the earth. This is a reference to this mountain, Mount Sinai. The mountain shook. The earth shook. This is Psalm 68. Verse 1, God shall arise. His enemies shall be scattered. And those who hate Him shall flee before Him. Verse 7, O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the heavens poured down rain. Before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, when God came down there on top of the mountain to speak and deliver His Word to His people, it came with this Um, physical shaking of the earth, but this localized shaking of this mountain in the wilderness pointed forward to a greater cosmic shaking that is to come. At that time, His voice shook the earth. But now He has promised yet once more, and I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Again, He's arguing from the lesser to the greater. Look, I've already proved my power once. Do you remember when I spoke and the mountain shook? But yet He has promised one more time, one more time I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Verse 27, this phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken That is, things that have been made. This is a quote from Haggai 2, verses 6 and 7. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Church, there is a day coming. There is one day God has promised. and He is faithful to His promises. There is a day coming when all of creation will be shaken by God. Not just a localized shaking of Mount Sinai. That just points forward to this greater shaking that is coming in heaven and on earth. And it all will be shaken to its destruction. The earth, nations, peoples, the heavens, all those that have refused the Word of God 
will be shaken to destruction. Second Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar. The heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you be in lives of holiness and godliness? Waiting for the hastening, the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to His promise, we are awaiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. There will be a great removal, church. There is a day coming when God will shake again, not just one mountain, but all of creation. And all that has refused Him will be destroyed. Here's what Peter is asking, and here's what we should be asking. Given that truth, then why in the world would we give ourselves to things that have no lasting value? If they're just going to be shaken until they crumble, if they're just going to be dissolved in fire, then why would we refuse the Word of God because we don't want to submit under its authority, under His authority, because then that means that our affections must change, our treasures must change, and instead we want to just continue to go after the things that we want. Why in the world would we go after those things when they will never last? Instead, we should refuse to refuse the Word of God. Because we know that there is coming a great removal of those things. Why would we have an allegiance to a kingdom that will not last? Because a removal is coming. Now that's some hellfire and brimstone preaching right there. And if we just ended there and said, have a good week, it, 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 would, it would be a bummer. But... God is gracious because this removal that is coming will bring with it a great renewal. Verse 27, this phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made. Why? In order that. That's the why. Why is God going to do what He has said He's going to do, which is just shake the foundations of the earth and the heavens? Why is He going to do that? He is going to do it so that, in order that, the things that cannot be shaken may remain. See, when Christ comes, He is coming, yes, with destruction. to lay waste to the kingdoms of the world. But He is also bringing with Him a kingdom that cannot be shaken. 
He is bringing a kingdom that will remain. You see, all that is broken and marred by sin, all of creation with its pains and its troubles will be shaken away. And the good news of the gospel is that in its place, there will be a new heavens and a new earth. Nations and kingdoms will be shaken. Cities will fall. But there will be a city whose foundations are built by God. And it will be one that cannot be shaken for all of eternity. And everything will be made new. There is a renewal coming when God in Christ makes all things new again. For those who have not refused the Word of God. This is the great hope of the Gospel. This is, this is what we are called to, to live for. A kingdom that cannot be shaken. A renewal that is our reward. And it, it, it has been perfectly clear throughout history that the kingdoms of this world are fragile. Now, I realize that, that I'm, I'm running the risk of being a, a meme here. Um, but when this letter was written to these people, there was a kingdom that the world thought would last forever. And that was wrong. That there, there would be no end to Roman rule. It would last forever. Guess what? It's crumbled. And the kingdom of God remains. They tried to crush the kingdom of God in His church and were crushed by God. There is no earthly kingdom that will remain. There is no earthly kingdom that will last forever. That includes the United States of America. All will be shaken, but in its place there will be a great renewal. This is the good news of the gospel. This is what we trust in. This is what we should therefore live for with great recognition. Verse 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. This is the application for us. And I'll be honest, this, is, this has been for me, the application for me. Be grateful. Be grateful. Now maybe you're thinking, what in the world does that have to do with recognition? Jason, I think you were just being desperate trying to find a bunch of R's. And you might be right. Well, here's what I mean by recognition. When we are grateful for things, that gratitude comes from a recognition that someone has done something on our behalf. 
right? That, that's, that's how gratitude works. If we're grateful, then we are grateful because someone has done something for us. We're not very grateful when we've done it ourselves. We're grateful when it's been done for us. When someone acts on our behalf, when someone gives us a gift, when someone is gracious to us, when someone goes out of their way for us, then we are grateful. But to be grateful, we have to have this recognition that someone has done something for us. That is this verse. Look at it. We have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Be grateful because we have received this kingdom. We didn't earn this kingdom. It's not ours because we fought for it. It is ours because God is gracious to us. Because He has given it to us. Church, we, these mountains are, are way different. Right? Sinai and, and Zion. They're way different. The people aren't. We're no different. We're no different. We deserve just as they received the judgment of God. We deserve just as they were warned that if you approach, you die. But God has been gracious to us and He has acted on our behalf. And He has called us according to His grace through the, the blood of Jesus Christ to come and to receive a kingdom that will never be shaken. And when we see the good news of the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we recognize His um, graciousness to us, then the natural response of our heart should be gratitude. As a matter of fact, that is the, the grace. That is, that is the Greek word here. Charis, grace. It's grace. You see, the antidote to an ungrateful heart is the recognition of the grace of God. That we have not come to Mount Sinai, but instead, by His grace, we have come to the mountain of grace, Mount Zion. And according to His grace, we have been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Every worldly kingdom will tumble and fall, but the kingdom of God remains forever. And it is into that kingdom that we have been welcomed. And listen to this. We have been welcomed into this unshakable kingdom of God, not just as a citizen, but as co-heirs with the prince himself. Our hearts should be hearts of Gratitude. How do we respond? We respond with the recognition of the grace of God. So we are grateful for His grace. And out of that gratitude, let us come to God in reverence. The end of verse 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus... Offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. 
where our God is a consuming fire. You see, church, the overarching response to all that God has done for us in the gospel through Jesus Christ, the better word, the better Adam, the better Abraham, the better Moses, the better David, the better covenant, the better blood, the better priest, the better mountain, the overarching response to all that God has done for us should be worship. But it's not just any kind of worship, is it? What does he say? And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship. Acceptable worship. So there's, there's, there's an implication here. It's, it's important. If there is an acceptable kind of worship, then by its very nature that means that there is a kind of worship that is not acceptable. There's a kind of worship that God does not accept. And the kind of worship that God does not accept is the worship that is born out of Mount Sinai. That's the worship He doesn't accept. What do I mean by that? I mean Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11. What to me is this multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. Where did, where did this kind of worship come from? This kind of worship came from the law. That's where it came from. It came from Sinai and God's going. That's not the worship that's acceptable to me. A worship, this, this is what it means, a worship that is merely outward. That's not acceptable worship to God. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, and Samuel says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Does He have, a, does he have as much um, joy and delight in your burnt offerings and your sacrifices as He does your heart of obedience? Of course not. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to listen, listen to what? The word of, the God, of God. Do not refuse the word of God. Then the fat of rams. You see, a heart of, of gratitude leads us to a, a worship of God that is acceptable because gratitude flows out of the heart and God wants our hearts. He wants our affections. He wants our devotion. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What is the kind of worship that God desires from His people? It's a worship of their hearts. That's what this means when He says, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. 
reverence and awe, reverence this holy fear and awe. I can't believe I get to do this. That's worship that's acceptable to Him. God wants our whole lives. He wants our heart. He wants our inward being. He wants us to come to Him, to approach the throne of grace, and to come in devotion and love and obedience with great reverence to Him and in awe of Him because we have never forgot who He really is. And that's how He ends it, right? For our God is a consuming fire. I think what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, listen, you have not come to Mount Sinai with its great trembling and its great fear and its warning and its foreboding and its judgment. You have not come to Sinai. By grace, you have come to Zion. But don't you dare forget that though the mountains may have changed, God has not. And the same God that was a consuming fire on the top of Sinai is still a consuming fire today. So when you come to Him, you come in reverence and you come in awe. But you come through God's grace in Jesus Christ. And instead of being consumed by His fire, you are refined, shaped into His holiness. As creatures before the Creator, we must tremble with fear, but we must do so with glad hearts, trusting in the saving work of Jesus Christ. So how do we respond to the great truth of the gospel? How do we respond that we have not come to that mountain, Mount Sinai, but we have come to Mount Zion. What church, everyone is faced with a great choice in life. A choice to receive the word of God or to refuse it. At Mount Sinai, he spoke from earth, but today in the gospel, he speaks from heaven. And our choice is a simple one. Will we obey his voice? Will we receive his word with faith and obedience, trusting in his promises? Not living for things that will be shaken. Not having allegiances to kingdoms that will fall. But to the one that will remain. Will we offer our whole lives to Him in worship out of reverence and awe? Because He is a great and holy, consuming fire. but He is kind and gracious in Jesus Christ. And He says, come, come, and find in me all that you need and receive from me a a kingdom that will never be shaken Church, here's the the staggering truth, is that that kingdom 
is already and it's not yet. Kingdom of God is at hand. He's building his kingdom in his church. The gates of, of hell will not prevail against it. What we do when we gather together, that, that's the, the church, the ecclesia, the gathered ones. What, what we do when we gather together is we, we join in with God into this kingdom that will never be shaken. And we come together, at least we should, with grateful hearts for His grace to worship Him in reverence and in awe and to receive from Him this glorious kingdom that will never be shaken in Jesus Christ. This is, this is how we respond to the gospel, the good news of the gospel. We respond by offering our whole lives to him. And then in 13, he's just going to start saying, all right, this is what it looks like. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Um, remember the mistreated. Um, let marriage be held in honor. Keep free from the love of money. I mean, this is, all right, if you're a part of the kingdom and you have your allegiance to that kingdom and you're giving your whole hearts and your whole lives to God in worship, then that's what it should look like. That's next week. I hope you'll be here. Father, thank you for your word that calls us to your grace. God, may we see to it that we do not refuse you who are speaking, but we receive your word with glad and thankful hearts. knowing that you have promised that one day you will shake not only this earth, but also the heavens and all that was created and is now broken and marred by sin will be no more. And in its place, a new creation is coming among which we will be granted as co-heirs with Jesus Christ and we will receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so would we now respond in a reverent, all-filled worship of you because of the grace of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Christ Central Church sermon series. To find our gathering location and more sermons, visit ChristCentralChurch.net.